Ooh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Off The Dome Radio. We have a really fun uh, and great learning experience uh, in this episode with Alex Martinez, uh, CEO and founder of realestateskills.com, but started out when he was super young. So we start with his background. Well, we talk a little basketball first. We have some fun conversation, chop it up. But he talks about where he started, why he got into real estate, how he did that, uh, what drove him to drop out of college because he was doing so well with his business. Uh, And he gives good tips on where to start for young people trying to get into real estate investing, good places to start uh, and where to go as well with that. And kind of gives a little trajectory of of his own uh, journey as well, but lets us kind of get a, a day in the life with him and some of his successes, what played into those, some obstacles, but I really enjoyed how he um, gave us kind of the strategies almost in, in how he started and his one of his very first years early on, guy pulled seven figures. So this is a man who knows what he's doing, he's good at what he does, and he's a go-to person in the industry Alex Martinez, this dude dropped some heat, Tim. What do you think about Alex? Yeah, I enjoy talking with Alex. He, you could definitely tell that he has put in a lot of work and sacrifice into what he does. Like he, he gives you good information about just his kind of road into real estate, uh, his motivation behind it, just some events in his life that maybe sparked that entrepreneurial spirit as well. Talks about what it means to build like quality relationships because no matter what you are going into, whether you're searching for a new job, starting your own business and you're starting to like really make those connections he gives you like it's so important to know where to look to build these relationships whether it's online or in person so he really goes into depth on how he was able to build relationships in a business in a business that is solely relationship or solely dependent on building relationships like real estate uh, so yeah I, I just I love talking to him he he said things in such a straightforward simple way and you can just tell he's got a good operation going on with realestateskills.com. And mm-hmm. we're going to drop a lot of the, the links to that in, in the in the bio, the, the show description, just so you can check them out some more. But I feel like we, we, we learned a lot about Alex in just a matter of an hour. So. Yeah, yeah. And his, his company, realestateskills.com, they give you all the tools and resources that this man himself used to start his own business. All you have to do is go and apply it. So he takes kind of a lot of the guesswork out of it for you. Give this man a follow. He's on Instagram at AlexMartinezATM. We will tag it like Tim said. This man says he's not a guru, but he's already a fucking legend. Without further ado, Alex Martinez. Alex, can you hear us? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Perfect. What's up, guys? How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? So I'm Colin and this is Tim. Pleasure What's to up, meet Colin? you, Alex. What's up, Tim? Hey, great to meet you guys. Yeah, thanks you for too. joining us, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, of course, dude. All right. How's your day been so far? Uh, it's been good, dude. Just hopped yeah. out of a meeting and um, what's today? Today's Monday. So just getting uh, back in the, the swing of things. Yeah, you know? good deal because you're... Where are you at? Because you're three hours behind us. Where are you located? I'm in San Diego. Okay. Okay. Next explains yeah. why it's so light outside. It's dark where we're at right now. Yeah. yeah where are you guys again? Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's dark. It's nighttime here. Yeah. Yeah. It gets dark early. So it takes a little getting used to and then we come back out of it and 
Midwest weather, man. It'll rain today, snow tomorrow, and be 60 on Wednesday. <laughs> all right, all right, man. That's how it goes, yeah. Uh, so have you been in San Diego your whole life? California, moved around a little bit? Uh, Cal- California, yeah. I, um, I grew up like 45 minutes east of San Francisco. Okay. And then came down here for college and then uh, was down here for six years, then kind of moved back up north for another opportunity I had and then came back down here like two years ago. Um, yeah, now I live downtown San Diego and I just love the weather. I love the vibes here and yeah. like California. So yeah. where'd you go to school? San Diego State University. Okay. They're doing yeah. good in basketball this year, man. They are, man. Yeah. yeah. When, when I went there, we were top 25 in the nation. We had Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, was Kawhi went there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Dude, Kawhi oh, Leonard was my neighbor. And so, like, I'd, I'd see him all the time. <laughs> Casual. After the game. For real. But, dude, that guy, it's so, I'm so happy for him because he's, he's quiet and people make fun of him all stuff. But he's mm-hmm. such a freaking hard worker, dude. Like, he'd be at the gym every day at 6 a.m. I'd see him walking back early in the morning when I was up doing my stuff. Always saying what's up to him. But mm-hmm. dude was always, always going to the gym. He'd bring his own lamp to the gym to go shoot hoops. Like, wow, no kidding. Yeah. So he, I mean, just seeing the work he puts in being, you know, MVP, he just got MVP of the all-star game. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. He was, he was the MVP, MVP of the finals when the Spurs won it. And yeah. with the Raptors. And the Raptors, yeah. I just remember when he was coming into the league, he was, he was kind of an underrated scout. Like the only thing that was holding him back was just his jump shot is a little inconsistent. And then when he mastered that, he just took off. So yeah, dude, he's a freaking savage, man. Cause yeah. he chills talking about him. I, I love <laughs> yeah. him. And like, awesome. I don't know him personally, but like outside looking in seems like one of the most humble players in the game. Cause didn't he drive like the same, like beat up like Ford or something for just I saw, I saw a story about years that. on end and just like comes into the game, just like casual clothes, like just sweatpants and stuff. Other guys are like Cam Newton out and shit. And I'm just like, that's, that's the guy. He doesn't care about anything else besides, you know, winning the basketball game he's playing right now and getting better at that. He doesn't even have social media, dude. Like, mm-hmm. oh, he's, he's a true champ. Yeah, he's he's a true freaking champ. He doesn't focus on any of the BS, dude. Yeah. Good for him. It's a good, good refresher for, for the league where everybody's posting for the gram and, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, man. So, we, um, like I said, in, in our kind of – conversation back and forth we just like to have conversations keep it pretty casual uh you got our questions um so i can help kind of guide just give us some ideas but yeah we're all about detouring and wherever it takes us we talk nba again like so be it uh but yeah i guess we're just interested we want to get uh started with like kind of your background so listeners who don't know and to kind of educate us a little bit what you started so you said you went to san diego state um, so maybe a little before then and then what you did post-college and how you got to where you're at now, man. Okay, cool. Yeah. So man, yeah, I was born and raised in a city called Pleasanton, 45 minutes East San Francisco. And, um, I played lacrosse and football in high school and was fortunate enough to have like, not during the school year, but like in summer, have some games down in San Diego. So travel down here. And I was like, damn, if I could can never go to college somewhere. I want to go to college in San Diego. I just love the beaches and like the weather and the vibes. And so I, I, um, my goal after high school was let me just go to a community college and then two years transfer to San Diego state university and just make it easy, save some money. But like, right, right when I came down to San Diego, I did that. I went to Grossmont community college down here, but I was like, damn, I should have just applied for SDSU and gone in there. And then, um, 
crazy enough, like this was around when like the secret came out not too long ago. And then like, I was just like, I remember envisioning myself in like a San Diego sweatshirt every night. I was like, damn, I want to get in there sooner rather than later. And then after my first semester at community college, there was like first time ever Obama did this grant where you could transfer early to San Diego state university after Hmm. one semester. Hmm. And so I did that. And then I got in after one semester. So I was like, all right, I'm at SDSU. Um, and, and so, like, I mean, growing up, I, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Um, I, uh, I thought I wanted to be, like, a SWAT officer on the SWAT team. I thought maybe a fireman. And then uh, went started going to college, and you got to take courses. And they didn't have any, like, fire science courses, which I wanted to take. So then I was, I was like, well, I like business. Like, I always did, like, lemonade stands and stuff like that. Right on. So I, I did business, and then kind of like found entrepreneurship and I was like, Oh, you can be your own boss and like dictate your own schedule. Like, yeah, that's what, that's what I want to do. So I didn't know exactly what, but started to have an interest in entrepreneurship. Um, so I was at San Diego state university and, um, you know, I was going to school and I was actually, I was making sandwiches for like 10 bucks an hour at the time too, which is great as a college job. Cause mm-hmm. you get free food kind of like, if you yeah. make your own food and bring it home. So that was great to see a lot of money there. Uh, but very quickly, man, I saw like college, I saw the path what the next four years would be for me, like going to school, going to work, going home, sleeping, like to get a degree and then like get a job. And that path scared the hell out of me, like getting a regular job and just having that monotonous life. And um I guess throughout my life when everyone zigs, I like to zag. And so uh, that's why I found entrepreneurship and was really interested in it. So, um, and then a big thing that changed for me was uh, a close family friend died at like 22 years old. And I was like, holy shit. Like, like he was healthy and just passed away. And I was like, damn, like, you know, tomorrow's not guaranteed. Like if I want to be an entrepreneur or create the life that I want to live, like, I got to fucking do it. I can't wait for anyone else. Can't wait for anything else. And that's when like, I just started on a tear of like reading books. And, um, I joined the entrepreneur society at San Diego state university, which was like only five members at the time. And then we grew that to like over a hundred members and then like networking, like a madman and getting mentors and just reading these different books. And from reading these different books, I read like two really cool books. One, uh, I read Think and Grow Rich first. Mm-hmm. Have you guys read that one? Yep. Awesome. And, yeah, I love yeah, Napoleon Hill. I've, Outwitting the Devil is another good book I've read by him. It's a good one. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, so I read Think and Grow Rich when I was 19. And it was just like everything I needed to hear. Because I didn't have a lot of people telling me, hey, you can do anything you put your mind to or anything's possible. And uh, so I read that book. It was all fired up. And then I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad which kind of teaches you about real estate and the power of building wealth through real estate and what real estate is. Cause I had no idea. Um, so with the concoction of those two books, I was like, Holy shit. Like I want to be an entrepreneur. Real estate sounds awesome. And then I was like on, on a search for, for mentors essentially, like let me find people in the space who already did it. Cause I don't want to reinvent the wheel. Um, so I found mentors in the space and I found out about different types of real estate investing. I found out that, you don't need a lot of money to get started in real estate investing. Um, you don't need a real estate license to invest in real estate, all new things that were new to me. Cause I didn't know anything about real estate. Um, 
And, and so I acquired these mentors and then went to work just trying to do my first real estate deal. And like within 45 days, it was like a month and a half of going all in, like saying, Hey, I'm going to do this. And I just turned 20 at the time. And so all these things were going on in my life. I just wanted a way out. So I went all in on, on, on real estate and then I got this deal under contract, a house here in San Diego. I got it under contract at $320,000 to buy. And then I, I got under contract 328. Then I found a buyer who wanted to buy it for 350,000. And what I did was I, I did a wholesale deal where I just assigned the contract rights for myself to this other buyer. And so I made the difference between 320,000 and 350,000, which was $22,000. And I put $0 into the deal. And like collectively on that deal took about like eight hours of time collectively on it. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I got, you know, got a $22,000 check after that. And that was like my first taste of real estate. And I was like, holy shit, I was 20 years old at that time. And I was like, I, this is all I need. Like, I'm going to go all in on this and started to go to school a lot less and, and work a lot more and teamed up with a great company and my mentors. And that year, like I was just getting deals under contract. We were wholesaling real estate, which is what I just mentioned, fixing and flipping houses. And that year did over 50 deals and generate over a million dollars of profit from just going all in. And, and, you know, like I said, this was my way out. This was my thing. I had a a close family friend die and I was like, dude, I like it's now or never. I don't know if I'm going to be alive tomorrow. That was just my thinking. And, um, so read every book on real estate did, did everything. I like to think I was the most curious kid in California. I always say during this time, just asking questions. Um, but yeah, did that. And that was my start in real estate. And that was the hardest I've ever really worked. I was sleeping like three to five hours a night. Um, that year really changed my life. Real estate changed my life. I get to live in downtown San Diego now and you know, everything, like a lot of the good stuff in my life is directly attributable to, to going all in on real estate. Um, and so, you know, from there, I, I've started my own real estate investing companies. I, I have equity and uh, vodka and technology company. Uh, I've been a national real estate investing consultant because just my methodologies of finding deals and getting deals has been attractive to some bigger companies that want to do the same in different states. Um, but all of this throughout this time, that was like eight years ago now. I've been a consultant. I've been doing deals across the nation, wholesales, fix and flip type deals. Um, but that led me to creating what I, what I do now. And I'm the CEO and founder of realestateskills.com now because um, really what we're about is leaving no one behind in wealth creation. And how I was able to do that was real estate. And I didn't have any family members in real estate. I didn't know what it was. And so my goal with real estate skills is, is giving people uh, the knowledge they need to do the same thing that I've been able to do in real estate and so many others too. Um, I feel like in school, you go to school, like they're not going to teach you how to wholesale house in school. They're not going to teach you that. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to teach you that when, you know, they tell you to get a degree and make 50, 60 K maybe if you're lucky when, when you get out of college, they're not going to teach you mm-hmm. how to make 22 K in two months. So, um, I, I created real estate skills, which is our, our website where we have articles and training and we have over 250 active members. Now we train in real estate investing across the U S UK and Canada. Um, and really, you know, at the end of the day, why did I want to get entrepreneurship? Yeah, you can make money too, but you also get to help a lot of people too. And, you know, I, I think if, 
you know, anyone's listening here and, and you're thinking about like, Hey, what do I do in entrepreneurship? Well, like, do you have a gift or do you have something you're really, really good at that other people value? And if so, you can do something around that. And that's what I had. I had to look in the mirror and say, Hey, what, what did I get really great at? And what did I, what do I have results in? It was real estate. And that spurred me on to create real estate skills. And through that, I can help people, um, which I do on a daily basis, which is really cool. Um, I have employees, you know, we, we have a lot of people we work with. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my background, a long-winded answer to get to here where we are today. Um, it's been a lot of work, a lot of trials and tribulations, but um, happy to dissect any part of that, go deeper on anything that you guys want to. Yeah, that's, that's a super cool. That's man. a great path. Yeah. And th- thank you for sharing. Um, I want to take it back to the moment where you were looking for mentors. Can you describe like what that process was like? Um, how you were able to connect with someone or a company or whoever it was and maybe some of the big takeaways that you can remember from being mentored, I guess, touch on that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, couple things. One. So one thing I did was I found on student organizations that I wanted to be a part of, and that was the entrepreneur society. And like, it wasn't really anything at San Diego state university at the time. It was literally like five members and we're like, Hey, let's be entrepreneurs. And we're like, what the fuck is that? Like, <laughs> And we're like, what are, what are you doing? And then we're just like, well, maybe we just find entrepreneurs and we hold events once a month and we have them speak. And so then like I was the VP of marketing, I would have to reach out to these different entrepreneurs who are in San Diego and have them speak at San Diego State University to our society. And, um, you know, the question was, how do you get mentors? What's that like? That's a great freaking way to get mentors. When you're reaching out, when you're a college student and you have no money, like you don't have a track record, how can you add value to someone who's valuable in the community who's a valuable entrepreneur? Well, if someone can come to the school and speak about their business, get potential interns, uh, marketing for their business, their local business leader, they feel good. They give back. They're going to remember who you are. And if you want to take that person out for coffee, for lunch, learn more about their business, intern at their company, that is, that's the path that started for me. Like that's how I got kind of got into it. Um, and, and then also like on LinkedIn, I would, I would just find local business leaders and play the student card. Like if you're in college or you're going to school, um, playing the student card is great saying, Hey, I'm a student. I'm doing a research paper or interested in your company. You know, would love to bring you coffee at any time and, and just, you know, learn about your success. I'm, I'm very interested. would love to learn about you and your company. And most of the times people like to talk about themselves mm-hmm. and, so really what we're doing here is like, we're kind of like creating like a funnel, like an outreach funnel of just talking to different people and you're not going to click with everyone, but maybe you you talk to 10 people, you find one person you really jive with, who's got a freaking cool company and you're like, Hey, let's be friends or hang out some more. And you know, it does a, a mentorship doesn't have to be like extremely formal. Like don't have to be like, Oh, will you be my mentor? Will you be my mentee, mm-hmm. you know, knight the person or something like that. <laughs> You know, it can, it can just kind of be an informal relationship and grow when you need help with something. And, um, additional way too, was I would just go to networking events outside of, of the school, like not having to do anything with college at the time, but just go to meetup.com. Um, and I would go to real estate investing association meetings. That's like where real estate investors hang out. And I would go there, you know, 19, 20 years old, just network people, meet people. And I met one of my like best mentors there who was another younger guy who just moved from Kansas city who, um, who was a real estate broker and built all these internet businesses and, you know, 
we're really good friends today. We're going to Vancouver next month. We're going to hang out and all this stuff. But um, first and foremost, it's just about putting yourself out there, um, adding all these people I talk about or mentors in my life. I always thought about how can I add value to these people first? And it wasn't with money. A lot of times I leveraged the resources I had. Or if these entrepreneurial mentors had businesses, I would be like, hey, do you need interns? Like I know some really top-notch kids who are young and hungry to learn. And I probably like put like 20 of my friends or like really high quality people into all these different people's businesses um, as interns. And now the CEO of the company like now feels like he's indebted to me a little bit or I can always go in there and, and check in on the company or go chat with him. Now we're kind of friends in a way. Um, and then also I can tap my friends and be like, hey, what are you learning inside that business? Mm. Like what's it like? And that's kind of what spurred me on and gave me my momentum in the beginning. It all kind of clicked. I think like looking on the dots, like looking at the dots, connecting and looking backwards is easier. But that's what I was thinking about. How can I add value? And then I did that. And then just the people I jived with, um, built relationships with them. Um, not every single person I jived with, not every single person helped me out. But I'd say that there's been people that have mentored me and maybe I've only hung out with them like twice for 30 minutes yet. I still think about them or what they said to this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing we talk a lot about on on our show is is mentorship. I know Tim's had experience with mentors. I've had some, not as much I'd like, but transitioning something, so looking for different people. But I think that's it. Just goes to show the importance of having someone who knows a few things to teach you a few things. Um, but I would like to go. So you're very entrepreneurial. Uh, you mentioned a lemonade stand prior. Is that where you started when you were little? Did you get this from your parents? Were they entrepreneurs, things like that? So how did you realize like, Oh, this is in me. Like I got this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, my parents weren't entrepreneurs, but I I think in a way they definitely helped me out like seeing what not to do. Like, my dad was always in the car industry selling cars. I was like a car sales manager. Uh, my parents divorced when I was like 10. And so my mom had to go like back to work. And my mom worked as like a contract manager in the automotive industry, in automotive industry and then like the roofing industry. And so it wasn't really like the most entrepreneurial things, but finances were a struggle for my family growing up. And so that kind of gave me the question of like, shit, I don't want to struggle. Like, how do I not struggle? Like my parents have regular jobs and they're struggling and the 08 crash hurt them. Like, how can I protect myself and my future family? And that led me to just asking those questions. And that, that was kind of a thing that helped me find entrepreneurship and be like, Oh, well, if I'm my own boss, I can pay myself. And then I'm rewarded for the amount of uh, money or value I create. Um, but to take it even further back than that, I had a good friend named Adam and uh, he would do lemonade stands and his parents would teach him all these entrepreneurial things. And I'd hang out with him. Mm-hmm. And that was the first lemonade stand I ever did. And I remember this one time we did a lemonade stand, we sold out. And then I remember we we're like, Oh, what else can we sell? And we found like some random rocks in a park and we started selling pet rocks and we sold some. <laughs> and for some reason that sticks out to me. Just like, I think that's kind of, um, that kind of resonates with me today of like, that's entrepreneurship 101, I think. Like, what else can you sell or how can you provide value to someone or, you know, make, like, create a story around a rock and, and have all the features and benefits of what a pet rock will do. Like, it won't crap, it won't piss, it won't bark. Like, it's everything you want, all the good <laughs> stuff. It will always be by your side, it won't run away, you know. 
And, um, you know, if I had to bring it back to like one thing, like that's, that was my first entrepreneurial thing of ever making money in, in a different way. Dang. Selling rocks to people from their own parks. <laughs> yeah. Right. They so were 10, 10 cents a pop. It wasn't crazy though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you sold, you sold it. You, you positioned the value in a way where people were like, yeah, sign me up. Damn. And it was all fun. Like, right. Yeah. It was all fun. I mean, yeah. We were just having fun with it. One time we did a lemonade stand and like, I knew like two songs on a guitar. So we're just like playing guitar and selling lemonade. And I don't know. I, I think that's part of the spirit of entrepreneurship, or at least for me, like one of my values is, you know, have fun in the process too. Like it, don't get me wrong. Entrepreneurship is extremely hard, especially if you're doing it by yourself. Um, you don't have to have fun all the time. And I don't think you will have fun all the time. Um, but having fun and enjoying the process is, is definitely something you need to do. And, and that's something I learned early on. Mm-hmm. And so with, with your earlier deals uh, and for people who maybe they're starting out in real estate, maybe they think they want to get into real estate. Uh, you started with wholesaling. Um, what, what is that process actually like? Just to be like, Oh, that sounds really easy. Um, and, and to you where you're at now, it's probably like, yeah, it's not too bad. Is that a good place for people to start? What's that process look like? Or if not, where do you recommend people start residential, commercial, things like that? Yeah. Great question. So, um, if someone wants to be or get into real estate, wants to learn about real estate, wants to take action in real estate, doesn't want to wait six months to get a real estate license or doesn't want to be a real estate agent and just sells houses. A way to get into real estate is wholesaling. And that's what I definitely recommend for anyone who wants to become a real estate investor, uh, who wants to do bigger and better deals, um, who wants to fix and flip houses. Like wholesaling is a step before that. Yet when done the right way, you can do it with no risk. You can do it with little to no capital. And that's how I started. Um, So essentially what wholesaling real estate is, Um, Imagine there's a distressed property for sale, a house that's beat down, stuck in the 60s, overgrown weeds, there's mold. It's just a crappy house. It needs to be renovated. Well, what you can do is you can get that property under contract to buy saying, you know, hey, I will buy your house in 30 days for $100,000. And day zero, when you get that property under contract, that seller says, okay, there's no money that necessarily needs to cross hands. Like sometimes a deposit's due within 72 hours and you can make that refundable. So you can put a deposit down, but essentially you're not like, you're not coming out of pocket that that deposit's refundable. Mm -hmm. And when you have a property under contract to buy at a certain date, you now have something called equitable interest in that contract. You have something sellable and you can sell the rights of that contract to another buyer. So if we bring it back to what we're talking about, if we found that crappy distressed house for sale, typically a fix and flipper wants to fix and renovate um, crappy houses. So if you find that house before another, a fix and flipper um, finds it, you get that under contract, you can sell that um, at a premium and make the difference between what you got that property under contract to buy at and what that fix and flipper wants to buy at. So on average, we see across the nation from news for eight years, about $10,000 is the average profit. And so if you get that property under contract and you sell the contract rights, you then assign, you just transfer the contract rights from your name to your uh, buyer's name, who's the fix and flipper, and you get paid an assignment fee for that transfer of rights. It's called a wholesale fee, assignment fee. And that's where you get paid 10,000. In my case, my first deal, 22,000. And um, it's, it's pretty freaking cool. Like you don't need a real estate license for that. Now there's some state like just Illinois, 
I'm pretty sure is they just passed a new law. They want you to be licensed to do that. Mm. So now you just need to get a real estate license and you can wholesale real estate. It takes like a few months to do it. But in all the other states, like you're pretty much good to go. And with that said, you want to you know check with an attorney. I'm not an attorney or anything like mm. that. Always check with an attorney, especially if we're dealing real estate. Um, but that's how I got my start here in California. It's how a lot of other people get their start. I've trained a lot of people to start there. And the really cool thing about wholesaling too, guys, I want everyone to understand is, you know, with, with real estate, a lot of people see, Hey, you know, real estate is so risky and you can lose a lot of money and you, you can, if you do it the wrong way. But when we're wholesaling real estate, you're just getting a property under contract to buy. And what's really important in that contract is you have escape an escape clause or something called an inspection contingency, which says, Hey, I'm not going to buy this property and my deposits refundable. If it doesn't, if the property doesn't pass my personal inspection, right? Because you always need to protect yourself. And so like if, for example, if you get a property under contract and then a week later you do a more thorough inspection and you see there's a cracked slab in the house and, or the house burns down, like you don't want to be liable to buy that. So you include an escape clause in your contract. So now when you're wholesaling, if, if you can't find a buyer to buy your deal and you have the property under contract, well, when done the right way, you have an escape clause to back out of that contract. So you're not liable to buy that property. Mm. That's how we do that risk-free. And so if you're ever going to buy a property though, you, you always want to inspect the property beforehand, do all of your inspections beforehand. Um, that way, once you buy it, you now own that asset and you're going to renovate it or put people in it and rent that property out. Like you've done all your due diligence up front. So I always recommend that for anyone, but for those reasons of virtually um, investing without having to put your money in to the deal, being able to make money without putting any money in, uh, being able to do it risk-free, being able to do that without a real estate license, unless you're in Illinois, um, that's a pretty damn cool way to start. And now once you do that, I like to think about like, hey, you're getting paid to learn. Like you do that successfully, you make 10 grand, awesome. Like even if you just do one deal, like you understand the contract process now you talk, you had to talk to a buyer and find that you understand some contract negotiations and we all start from in real estate. I mean, no one's born doing real estate when they come out of the womb. So you have to learn somehow. And I like that process of learning, especially if you want to then fix and flip a property because uh, the principle is if you wholesale a property to someone and they pay you for it, like that deal was good enough to fix and flip. Like, because there's enough room to sell it to a fix and flipper to renovate it for them to then go make a profit on this deal. Mm. So if you get really good at this deal acquisition strategy, if you get really good at finding deals while making money, wholesaling real estate, if you ever want to make more profits in general, when you fix and flip a house, you add value to it, uh, new bathrooms, things like that. Well, now that part's a lot more simple because you, you're able to find the good deals first. And if you look at any, company on a TV show, uh, flip this house, anything like that. Like people don't understand that for a, a fix and flip company to do a lot of deals, flip a lot of houses, they have to be freaking stellar at finding these deals, right? Because so many people see these TV shows and they just see the renovation and oh, it's so much fun and all the money. But this company or the, these companies are really good at finding deals. And so that to be successful in this business, you need to be great at and you know, it, it requires um, getting good at sales, talking to people, real estate's a people business, um, negotiating, all those things. And I think when we see TV, social media, all that shit, like a lot of people forget about that. But mm -hmm. that's, that's why I love wholesaling. 
it's why I recommend if you want to get started investing, start there for all those reasons we just talked about, because it's just going to make you so much better of a real estate investor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you brought up the escape clause because that was going to be one of my other questions. Like, okay, say you're approaching that 30 days, like I can't find anyone. So that's when you bank on not passing the inspection pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. And I mean, you can work whatever way you want. You know, if this property doesn't pass my personal inspection, AK meaning, Hey, if the grass is a shade of green that I don't like, <laughs> like I, I can back out. Like I don't, it doesn't pass. Like, you know, I needed that two shades darker. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's different, I mean, that's just an example of one escape clause. You can mm -hmm. back batch in, sure. you can batch in, Hey, you know, if I can't finance this property with my partners, then we can back out too. And that, you know, it goes deep in the hole. You can basically create a contingency for anything you want, but that's yeah. uh, the inspection contingency is a pretty boilerplate one that I recommend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, like the people on the other side of the contract, they're not really like losing that much. If you back out, they just didn't get anything for it in 30 days. Right. That's pretty much the, the risk that they take on the other end. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Essentially. I mean, you know, like my deals that I've always done have been pretty quick within two weeks. Like I get it under contract mm -hmm. and wholesale within two weeks. So, I mean, the material losses of someone have a property under contract two weeks, they're not really yeah. losing anything or much, but people who don't know what they're doing or taking advantage of sellers could put a property under contract for a really long time and just take them on the loop. And so, I mean, there's a lot of people who try to get in this business, don't know what they're doing. Um, so it, the cool thing is if you know what you're doing, it's easy to stick out and become great at it. Um, this, you know, wholesaling, fixing and flipping, real estate investing, it's just like anything else. You know, before we hopped on here, we're talking about like being great at basketball and Kawhi Leonard <laughs> and like doing the work. It's just like anything else. Like if you're willing to put in the work and, and learn more about it uh, than anyone else, like you can be, become great at it. And I think that's just what I did and how I teach the people I work with today how to roll. Yeah. Sounds like a good way to start. And then I'm sure now you have kind of a, a, a batch of fix and flippers that you reach out to like, Hey, this is what I got. Um, so you didn't have that is you just got to find via social medias or websites to find those fix and flippers. How'd you go about that when you first started? Yeah. Yeah. Like find so, those people. Yeah. So, you know, where the first question you need to ask, one of my mentors told me this, um, his mentor said, or he said to his mentor, he's like, Hey, you know, where do I find good girls to marry? And he's like, where, well, you, you go to where good girls hang out. He's like, you go to church, <laughs> go to church and then you find them there. And it's the same thing with real estate investors. Like, Hey, where do I find a good real estate investor as a fix and flipper to work with where, well, you go to where they hang out. And those are real estate investor association meetings. They mm -hmm. happen across the nation. Um, there's all types of real estate investors there, but if you want to find a real estate investor as a fix and flipper, that's where I recommend starting. And so you can literally just Google your city name, and real estate investor association meeting, and you'll be able to find, you know, probably a meeting within somewhere close to you. Hmm. Um, if you're in like a more rural city and, you know, not really busy and all the people there, you may have to drive an hour or two. But if you're in um, Indianapolis or Chicago or just bigger cities, then, um, then they're, they're more so easy to find. Good deal. Good deal. So what would, at this point, what's probably the deals, types of deals that you do the most and also the ones that you enjoy the most and least? I'm interested in both of those sides. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I still really enjoy wholesaling. I, I mean, I just got texted a deal, like a 500K wholesale deal I'm working on. Okay. So, I mean, the cool thing is 
you know, once you start working in an industry or you have a company like real estate skills, people reach out to you with deals. And so that's kind of a position I'm in now. So I don't really have to actively do as much work. Um, but it took eight years to get here. Uh, but I have a fix and flip going on in Sonoma, California, Northern California. I have a flip going on in Chicago right now. Um, those, those are cool deals. But what I'm most interested in and where I'm spending a lot of my time focusing is researching a, what state do I want to focus um, buying and holding real estate? Because another big aspect of real estate, which we haven't talked about, is owning real estate and running it out and building wealth. So you know, if you own 100 houses or apartment buildings and mobile home parks and people rang them out, then you're getting a check, a rent check every single month. And that's how you build like long standing wealth. That's what you can pass down to your family members, things like that. So a lot of my time on like the investing side is really finding what markets I want to invest in right now, because you can, you can pick and choose good markets. Like if you find a state and see that Facebook headquarters is moving there and Amazon or these big companies and tens of thousands of jobs are going to be moving there. Well, then, you know, appreciation is going to take part. You know, it's going to be tens of thousands of jobs of people who maybe have California incomes are moving there and can afford houses and want to buy houses. So just appreciation is going to be taking part. Um, so that's where I like to spend my time. Um, I've been researching real estate funds for a while as well. And like had some close funds being created, but trying to figure out the right way to do that, to invest in more real estate. Um, but I'd say that, um, the way I look at real estate guys, so everyone knows like wholesaling is a great place to start. Then once you get good at wholesaling, you can cherry pick the best deals to fix and flip. But at the end of the day, as you're getting a nest egg, the end goal should always be to buy and hold real estate. So you can make that passive income. So you can have your money work for you. And that's what they talk about in the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki a lot. But that's where, I mean, pretty much every day I'm, I'm thinking about my next move there in that space. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Good way to look at it. Mm -hmm. Strategy too. Dang. Yeah. It's building the empire, man. And this didn't happen overnight either. Yeah. Like you, you can tell you, you've put in the time to learn and invest in yourself and that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about. Like, you know, and, you know, talking about mentors, like I have a lot of, a, a term I learned when I was younger was like peer mentors. I'm like, oh, what's that? They're like, well, you could have mentors that are your friends, your same age, younger, or older. And I feel like every friend I have is like a peer mentor because I have people that I've known for 10 years and they've taken a different avenue in real estate, but I, I'll call them once a week or every other week and get my mind blown by what they're doing and like learn mm -hmm. so much. And so it's this, con I mean, constant learning. You know, I'm, I'm always learning. Like I'm always thinking, how can I learn more and, and apply and learn the right things too. And, you know, always reading books. That's something I'm always doing. Um, I think that's what it takes. Cause I feel like if you're not learning, if you're not absorbing new information, if you're not applying and testing stuff, then I, I for me, I'm going backwards, mm. you know? So yeah, years and years of learning and learning how to learn, and some years I've read 50 plus books, some years I've read five and like testing, you know, how does that, you know, what's my year look like after doing that? So, mm -hmm. um, I recommend, yeah, if anyone wants to freaking learn, I mean, I got books right here, like the obstacles, of the way I got good to great right here. Like that's something I'm not just, it's not just lip service. Like I just read today. Um, I think it's absolutely essential, absolutely essential to get where you want to go. Mm -hmm. So what were the numbers on those tests? The 60 books to the five? 
Oh, what, what, what um, did you what did you see the difference? Um, there's pros and cons with each. There's mm-hmm. less. So this one year, I read over 50 books, and there was just less action taken. Mm. Um, whereas actually, it was like two years ago, I read like five books, and I was really focused on building real estate skills and. I was learning so much from working on, on my business and real estate skills. Like it was just information overload in a way. I didn't even want to pick up a book right now. Cause I was learning so much about uh, building an online community. And I learned, I wasn't reading books, but I was learning through blogs. I was learning through YouTube. I was learning through, you know, no one's going to write a, no one's writing books about too much, too many books and like building a, a successful online business. Like business, like, in 1994 is when, you know, the WWW, the internet was created. So there's not the best books on that. So I've been, uh, the first that year I was just like learning online, but, um, Oh, there's a time and place for everything. I do about like a book a month right now Mm. and just really try and study that book, like a textbook and really vet the books that I read. I'm rereading good to great right now. If you guys have heard that one, haven't, Uh, it's by it. Jim Collins. It's freaking great. Um, from 1985 to 2000, he studied the business, like the best businesses that beat the stock market by three times the normal stock price. And there's only 11 companies that did that. And then he breaks down those 11 companies. Like they beat these 11 companies beat GE. Um, they beat like Disney. They beat all these other companies that you think would be performing so much better. Yeah. And just breaks down what were those CEOs like? Like what were the actual things these companies did to get there? And if you want to play the game of business, like this is kind of a roadmap on how to play that. And I read this book when I was younger and just didn't have as much of a business acumen as I, as I have now. And so re-ring it right now, like I'm just, I'm all in it. I'm in love right now. It's that's freaking cool, fantastic. Man. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so I would like to get into your business, the real estate skills. Uh, you've alluded to it a couple of times. When did that start? That's, you said you train people in real estate investing, but I'd like to dive a little more into that, what that looked like building that, forming that, and then what it is uh, grown to over the last few years. Yeah. So uh, for about eight years, I've always been consulting with other companies, uh, real estate companies on how to acquire deals and different methodologies or training their their teams because a lot of a lot of companies haven't done like 50 deals their first year wholesales fix and flips and just wondering how do you do that what what's the financial model look like so I've always been consulting with a lot of companies throughout the years and um, just one day I mean I remember recalling like I went to a lunch with like an acquaintance and he wanted to learn about real estate investing so I did that and like I didn't have a hard stop on the lunch. So that one hour lunch went to 2 PM rather than one. And you know, at the end of that, he was like, Oh man, like let's start a real estate business together. I'm like, no, I'm good. Like, I don't want to do that with you. I just taught you everything. And then uh, I remember I got in my car and I was like, you know what? Like this is the one thing that people have asked for my time. have paid me money for more so than anything else in my life. I'm going to you know, create a business around this. And like this, this real estate knowledge that I have. And so then essentially real estate skills was birthed and I officially bought like the domain name like two years ago, but um, yeah, started building that company out and 
didn't really have like a lot of articles out about me. So I guess at first it was like, oh, like I need to tell my story or, you know, I had some friends who, who knew people in charge of newspapers and like got on those and just learning how to market yourself and kind of brag about yourself in a way mm-hmm. was, was kind of different. Cause I, I started initially just by myself. I was like, oh, this is a cool brand name. Like I wanted to create a company and a brand and like I, I use like alexmartinez.com for for a minute before I had real estate skills. But a brand is 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 so much more of a movement, so much more of a thing. And when I found real estate skills, I was like, that that's it. Like that's what we're teaching here. That's what we're about. And because there's people who like teach about just wholesaling real estate and like fixing and flipping, but for me, if that's all you educate on, I think you're cutting people really short because I've been a licensed real estate agent. I made a lot of money from being a real estate agent too. I think that's totally cool if someone wants to do that. So I don't want to cut off my brand to just talking about wholesaling and fixing and flipping real estate. I want to talk about all the real estate skills and I just don't want to limit us to wholesaling and flipping. I want to talk about negotiation. I want to talk about sales. I'm very passionate about all that stuff. I want to talk about building a business. Um, everything, you know, my acumen has been in real estate. So that was kind of the genesis for this company. Um, uh, recently brought on some partners. We have an office downtown here in San Diego. Recently brought some partners to help grow the company. Um, we have about 250 active members in the US, UK, Canada, Australia. And um, yeah, primarily right now, we teach a lot of wholesaling, a lot of fixing and flipping, a lot of how to raise money for real estate deals because you don't need your own money for that. And how we've, we've really set it up effectively is we have a training program where people are able to go through our actual training program has all the tools and resources you need to build real estate investing business. So no stones left unturned. Like it's not like, Hey, you join and now, Oh, you need X, Y, and Z pay extra money for it. It's like, no, here are the tools I've used to build multiple successful wholesaling and flipping businesses. Here you go. Here's the training. And we also have group coaching and support. Like people can get their questions asked all the freaking time. Like they'll get them answered all the time. Um, and really my goal was to make it to where if someone joins our program, all that's left for them is to do the, the work, like just mm. do the work. I don't want you to try and figure out all this stuff. And so the people that do the work, make it happen. And uh, it's been really cool because there's a lot of people out there or it's like gurus out there teaching real estate stuff. And I don't want to be a guru or anything like that. Um, but I've had people taking like guru courses, spend a lot of money, not get results. And then, I've had those same people. I literally had people join my program in three weeks, like do their first wholesale deal, which is pretty amazing after they've been struggling for like 18 months and spent like 42 grand in courses and marketing and all this stuff. Um, so that fires me up if you can't tell, but um, I love being able to do that and just help produce people results. And so just trying to do that effectively, scale that right now. Um, but one thing we're really, we're really good about it at real estate skills is we put some awesome content out like, every single week. We just, you know, if you want to learn about real estate, like just go to realestateskills.com, check out our articles. Like I have a new article. It's like 4,000 words about what is a real estate broker. You'll learn everything about a real estate broker, you know, how much a real estate broker makes versus a real estate agent, how to become a real estate broker. Like if you want to learn about real estate stuff, just hop to real estate skills and you'll learn that stuff. And that's the free content we put out. Um, and so it's fun. It's just fun sharing that information. Cause when I started, I didn't know anything about real estate. I didn't have any family members in real estate. And so I just want to be that resource for, for people like me who, who were starting out when I was. That's cool, man. Giving it back. Love yeah. it. Love it. Um, yeah, that's really sweet where you give people like, Hey, you just have to go out and do it. I got the rest for you. 
And, and to hear that you have people that have gone to, you know, these masters, these gurus, these experts and, and lost a bunch and you give them, you know, three weeks and they're successful with you. That's pretty fulfilling, dude. That's rewarding shit. That's awesome. Yeah, that's been, that's been a huge win. That's helping, happened multiple times. And, and thank you for that, man. Yeah. That, I mean, that's a big reason of, of why I created this company too. I just, I saw a lot of other people out there not getting the results they wanted. And, you know, one thing I believe in too is like always be testing. I think real estate skills was a test. Like the goal was always to make this into a huge company and change a lot of lives and help people build wealth. Um, but it was all a test. Like I didn't have someone wholesale their first house in three weeks until it happened. And so mm -hmm. that was so cool when that happened. I was like, all right, we're on the right track. Yeah, like yeah. we're doing something right. This is cool. This is cool. Mm -hmm. And more, more and more of those stories are going to come. Um, so that's fun. That fuels me up every day. Um, and, you know, I think a big part of real estate skills too is, is, is just sharing, like you can build wealth through real estate and owning real estate is, is a big part of that. So don't just get caught up in the TV shows and the flipping, but, you know, think about, you know, how can you own a, a duplex or triplex and things like that. And if we just think about that, you know, if I'm able to create that spark, that makes me happy. Um, because some of my wealthiest mentors and friends have like hundreds and hundreds of units of, of real estate. And, um, it's not something that's unreachable. Like, like I think so many times people are like, Oh, I want to make a million bucks in a year, or I want to own all this real estate within two years. And people, I mean, you probably heard this quote, but they overestimate what they can do in like one or two years, but underestimate what they can do in three to five. And I've just seen that true in my own life and so many other people's lives. Um, like real estate is a path to wealth. Um, I think it's one of the most well laid out paths to wealth. Um, of course you can build a Facebook, you can build a SaaS company, you can do all that stuff. But if you want like a proven path that's been around for, you know, hundred plus years, real estate's still there. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's kind of my message I like to share with everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And funny you brought up duplex. So my, my dad, he's owned his own couple of businesses, but what he's done the best in is real estate. And now he does more commercial. And so I, I talked to him uh, a few months back. I was like, pop, like where, where do I start? Like, I'm really trying to do some things. Like, where do I start? And so I'm looking at buying a duplex in, in August. And so I've been talking to Tim about it and he's thinking about getting into real estate soon, but that's now it's like maybe before then I should try to wholesale a little bit and still do the duplex, but wholesale a little bit. Cause you got me intrigued, man. Now I'm super, <laughs> super interested. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's a real deal, man. Kudos to you. Kudos, kudos to both of you guys for, for investing in real estate and wanting to do that. I mean, especially if you can get a duplex. I mean, you rent one side out. If, mm -hmm. you know, now you're not paying rent, you know, now you're paying your mortgage down. You know, now that property can appreciate or you're paying down the equity. Now, if you want to sell that property, you can roll that into another one. You have all these tax savings. I mean, what we're talking about may sound boring to people who have no idea about real estate, but I think the older you get up, like tax savings and all this stuff, yeah. especially <laughs> your own business, like it's, it's real deal stuff. You're like, oh God, there's a lot of benefits here. And, uh, you know, I think for anyone listening to like, you don't have to be uber passionate about real estate. I'd say I'm pretty passionate, but it's not like I wake up every day and salivating for real estate. Like <laughs> the other day, we're talking about land, we're talking about houses and all that stuff. I think a lot of people get turned off. They think they need like to be so passionate about something or so happy like about real estate to do it. Like, no, it's a freaking vehicle to build wealth. Learn about it. Mm -hmm. It's most Americans largest investments in their life. It's only going to pay you dividends. If you learn a little more about it, like even if you learn how to negotiate a little bit better, that can save you five, 10 grand 
house and you get a 30 year mortgage on that, that five, 10 grand is going to grow up, grow exponentially. So sure. like it's only going to pay you dividends if you want to learn that stuff, but it takes the right person to learn that too. Like you want, you have to want to learn this stuff. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. We got, we got to get on it, Tim. Yeah. Huddle the gas, baby. Yeah. I'm, I'm building the foundation. <laughs> yeah. for it. Oh. Hey, what, one thing we always say too, is I mean like once you're in real estate, you're like, you'll never get out or there's no reason to get out. So just, yeah, get started sooner and we're all going to be in it probably the rest of our lives. And that's the way I look at it. So yeah. the sooner you get yeah. started, the better. Yeah. Everyone always needs a place to live. <laughs> True that. So, um, that. Yeah. I going, going back to your like motivation to start. Cause I know you remember, I remember you saying your friend's death and how that can, that can really change your perspective on things. And I applaud you for that. I've kind of had, similar feelings about Kobe Bryant too, someone who I didn't even know. Like it just takes like things like that to kind of reframe your perspective about things. And whether that means squeezing everything you can out of the next 24 hours and and motivating you. And I wanted to just ask like when you first started, like when you first got into real estate, was there like a moment where there was like a huge obstacle? Like what was the first big hurdle you had to overcome? Whether it was not seeing the results you wanted or is there anything that I mean, because it couldn't have been smooth all the way from the very beginning. Like, what were some of the bumps in entrepreneurship that maybe not a lot of people see on the outside looking in that kind of you faced at front at first? Yeah, I have two, th- I have two things top of mind. Great question, too. Um, so a lot of people don't see what it's really like. Mm-hmm. So it's all private jets and Lamborghinis, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think at first when I was starting, I had to make a lot of sacrifices, a lot, a lot of sacrifices. That meant, you know, I'm going to San Diego State University at the time. Great school, fun school. You can have a lot of fun if you want to party. Like I wasn't partying that much when I was, you know, doing real estate. I wasn't hanging out with friends that much. I would go work like 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day, you know, making offers on deals, underwriting deals, learning more about real estate. And then what I would do right after is I'd go to Starbucks, I'd get a freaking tall or big coffee, and then I'd go pick up the latest book that I had on real estate and read that until Starbucks closed down. And then I'd go home and sleep for like five hours maybe, and then go repeat the next day. And that's what it took. Like, you know, I, like my acquisitions of wholesales and fix and flips, the profit my acquisitions generated was like over a million dollars. And that's, that like, it's because of all that hard work I put in. Like I, we're talking about like the Kobe Bryant's and shit like that. Like those guys get ahead because before the game, you know, after the game, they're practicing their jump shot. They're getting really good at that. They're, you know, reading the rule book on basketball and seeing, Hey, where the refs stand so they can maybe hold or step on someone's shoes a little more than the next person then get ahead. Like I was reading the contracts. I was reading the rule books. I was doing everything that it took. Um, and so the main point here, though, is, is the sacrifice that takes. I mean, sacrifice hanging out with friends, sacrifice going out at night. Um, I didn't have a girlfriend at the time. Um, so you could say I sacrificed that. Um, you could say I sacrificed Netflix or whatever. That wasn't even around then, but um, I didn't even watch that stuff then. Um, sacrifice my health, though. That was another big one. Like I, when I started that first year, I was probably like 165 pounds. And at the end of the year, I was 185 pounds. So again, like, and that wasn't good weight. I wasn't working out. I was like eating shitty. And uh, so you could say I sacrificed my health. But a lot of, a lot of sacrifices go on. I think you got to sacrifice to be great. You got to give something up to be great. And um, 
you know, that that's the reality of it. So if you're willing to do that, if you're willing to do what it takes, then nothing can stop you, but you got to sacrifice. So that was challenging. Um, and then number two, uh, you know, when I started my own real estate investing company too, I dropped out of college. So I didn't get a degree. Mm-hmm. I dropped out of college. And then talking, talking with my parents about that, both parents, you know, parents are divorced. I talked to one at a time that, that, you know, that was a conversation filled with tears. And like, you know, I learned a lot through that conversation because I was like, I'm dropping out of college. Like I know the path I want to go on. I'm studying business. I'm studying entrepreneurship and this is the route I want to go on. And like, I'd hear things like, Oh, Alex, but this was our plan. And like, like, do you really know what you're doing? And just, you know, I heard a lot of doubt and it, I, I learned a lot too. Cause I know my parents weren't trying to put my dreams down. They weren't trying to bring me down at all, but they're coming from a place of like keeping me protected and, and a place of love. And for me to get a degree means more security for me. And, and so they didn't necessarily agree with my decision at the time, but learned a lot through that process. And that was a difficult conversation to have. I think there's some people who are afraid of what other people think or their parents um, and, or what they're going to say or friends, family members and all that stuff. And so, yeah, telling your parents, Hey, I'm going to drop out of college when that's like the number one thing they want you to do. That was, that was, that was kind of challenging. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. <laughs> So what's, what's kind of trying to think how I want to phrase it. So for those people who are kind of living out their, their parents' wishes, and that is from a place of love. So I'm glad, glad you brought that. They just want you to be safe. That's why they like the 401k. That's like they, why they like benefits, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, so how, how can people go about accepting like, Hey, if I like this, it might upset them this much time for a little short amount of time but I will be happier and probably more successful because if you like what you're doing, you'll make more money doing that. Um, so what's kind of your advice to people who might be stuck like, oh shit, dude, I don't want to go to school. Like my parents want me to though. Like how to, uh, I mean, you had a pretty good plan. Like what you were doing, you were already in the thick of it. So what's kind of, how did you navigate that in, in the sense of, hey, now they were accepting and this is why. Yeah. Uh, this is a great question to ask anyone too, because I think everyone will, will have a different answer. But for me, I would say, you know, in, in your spare time, create some sort of track record or experience for yourself that you can show your family members that like, Hey, this is working. Mm. Hey, I, I am having success in this. And that's what I, what I had, even though I had that success, it was still difficult, but you know, I had the confidence and conviction in myself. And that's the most important thing. If you're going to go out and do something on your own or pursue your passion, you have to have that confidence and conviction in yourself. And at the end of the day, if you have that, then fuck what anyone else says, honestly, because that's all you need. Um, so whether my parents said, I hate you or get out of my house or whatever, like I would have dropped out either way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was just a challenging conversation. Yeah, right. But I had the confidence and conviction in myself that, hey, I'm going to make this happen no matter what, because I already studied it. I already worked harder than anyone else. I already, uh, I already had um, some success in it. And, you know, it wasn't like I just dropped out of college cold turkey and, and wasn't having success. Like I made sure I was making money before I dropped out. Right. And um, I think a lot of people don't, don't see that or don't do that. I think they need to like drop out to then go make the money or quit their job to then go all in. Like, no, you don't have to do that. You can do shit on mm-hmm. the side. You can, you can gain a little weight like I did. You can not hang out with some people like I did. 
and get success on the side. And then once you have momentum, then go all in. Um, so that would be my, my, my advice for that. Just get a track record. But most importantly, you need that confidence, conviction in yourself. You need to believe that you're going to make it happen no matter what, that any obstacle that comes your way, you're going to find a way around it or go through it. Um, cause I think that's the mentality you need as an entrepreneur, as someone who has a goal. Um, you know, you need to believe that, you know, one thing I like to believe is, is failure is a myth. Like there's no such thing as failure. People confuse failure with quitting and giving up. Most people are like, Oh, I failed. Well, no, they fucking didn't. They just quit and they didn't keep working towards their goal. And that's something I just, I, I just really believe in. And so I had that mentality as well. And I, I keep that mentality moving forward. So as long as you believe in that, you're going to make your goal happen no matter what. That uh, the path to success isn't going to be straight. You're going to have to iterate. You're going to have to change. You know, your goal may change as well a little bit. But as long as you keep moving that direction, you take feedback um, and you improve, then nothing's going to stop you. And I just think that's a normal process for success. Boom. Drop the mic on that yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, let's clip that. Combat bench. <laughs> Um, so when, when you went kind of on your own, you decided, Hey, I'm done with school. I got this. Was that scary when you went completely on your own? Like you were self-sufficient. Alex was supporting Alex. Uh, was that scary at all? Or were you by that time? Like, Hey, I'm, I'm really good at this. I'm pretty comfortable with stepping out on my own now. Uh, no, it's still scary, fun, exhilarating, everything you want. Um, I think you have an like, you have an expectation of what it's really going to be like, like once you're on your own or you're not going to school and then you have to learn about life balance as well. Cause you really like, you're like, Oh, I can work whenever I want. I don't have anyone telling me when to work. Do I work seven days a week, six days a week? Mm. Like, Oh, am I going to structure this like a nine to five? Like if I did have a job, like that's kind of weird. Like I don't want to give myself a nine to five job. Um, so it was a lot of learning of like, Hey, what's my best way to get my shit done and what are my routines that I need to get into because no one's, I mean, you're your own boss. No one's telling you, Hey, show up at a class and you're not going to get a grade. You know, if you don't, you're not going to get F if you don't show up, you're going to get, you know, some negatives in your, your bank account and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, being self-sufficient, I, th I think you need to realize and kind of have a plan. What's my routine going to be? How am I going to attack this on a daily basis? How can I be efficient? And, then make sure you get your exercise in, make sure you get your sleep, make sure you're still self-educating because no one's going to tell you, Hey, you got to go learn this stuff too. You're not getting a degree. Mm -hmm. So now you have the liberty to do anything that you want uh, to learn anything that you want. And actually a thing that came up for me was like, once you are self-sufficient, well, this was at like a younger age for me, but it almost felt like there was all this pressure because I had this belief of like, you can be successful in anything you want. And now it's like, what do I want to be successful in? Like, what do I want to learn? And it's almost like there are so many choices and so many avenues to go in. Like paralysis by analysis has definitely, it hasn't held me back in a way, but there's definitely been days when I was younger where I'm like, oh my gosh, like I feel like lots on my shoulders and all these things. And then what's helped me through that is just talking with peers, other successful people, other mentors like talking about my thoughts. Cause I mean, we're talking about like business philosophy, life philosophy, all that stuff. Um, yeah, just things to, to keep track about when you're self-sufficient, but man, it's freaking great when, you know, you have a goal and, and, um, and you hit it and you make money doing it and you can go travel and you can do all those things. It, it just makes it all worth it. And, um, 
so yeah, if someone wants to do something entrepreneurial or pursue their passion, I say go all in, do it sooner rather than later. Uh, cause it's not going to happen unless you do that. It's not going to happen. Um, and then the one thing too, for you guys, like the worst, what made this so easy too, when I was like, Hey, I'm going to do this no matter what I thought in my head, like, what's the worst that can happen? Like my plan B in a way was like, Oh, I just go back to school and get my degree. And now I'm just like everyone else. Like that's, that's okay. Like that's not bad. Like that's what I, in my head was the worst that can happen. Um, I think I'm, I'm really afraid of being average. So I didn't want to do that. And that's motivated me. But um, that's the way I thought about it too. Like if someone's scared about pursuing their passion or something, just think about what's the worst that's going to happen. Like you just don't hang out with your friends and drink a few beers like for like six months or a year. Like the, the consequences aren't really that bad. I think for a lot of people if you really think mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. yeah. Like you were saying, like, there, you know, there's little risk of making a parent mad, but what's the upside? The upside's everything. The upside's mm-hmm. the life you want to live. Like that, I think that's huge. And it's so easy to get caught up in those little things, right? Like, oh my God, like, yeah. Oh, what if I make mom mad or something like that? <laughs> the party's always going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Parties yeah. always going to be, yeah. parties will be there all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> they waited for you. Huh? Um, and so it, it feels better to party. It feels a lot better to party when you're, you're crushing it too than when you're a bum. Oh, I so bet. Yeah. I bet. That, yeah. that's something, you know, I'm being a broke college kid and then, you know, doing deals, actually making money in real estate. It's just a big difference. A lot more yeah. fulfilling. So what's, uh, what's next for you, man? I know you're, you're knee deep in the real estate skills and things. What you got anything else, other projects and things you're working on, on the horizon. I know you talked about, Maybe there's other passions that you're truly passionate about. Anything like that going on currently, or is it all kind of real estate skills right now? Yeah, I'd say 2020 is the year of real estate skills. Just absolute dead set focus. Mm-hmm. Really, the past couple of years on real estate skills have been like that. Um, yeah, just laser focused right now on real estate skills, building that, acquiring the right employees, the right partners, um, and then always on the active investing side, just what markets I want to enter to, to buy and hold real estate as well. Um, but one thing I've learned too, dudes, like relentless focus is necessary to make something great. Like past couple of years or whenever I've tried different entrepreneurial stuff, like the less focus I have or the more projects I have, just the less great, the more unhappy I am. And so I'm just, my day to day is really, thinking about how can I like do less? How can I do less to focus more on real estate skills? Um, how can I figure out ways to get less emails and, and just less people on my attention? Or how can my partners or employees do more work that I don't necessarily need to do? So really this year, yeah, it's about working smarter rather than harder. Um, but yeah, just, just having that relentless focus, like, uh, like Kawhi Leonard has in basketball, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> Love it's a it. good role model. Good, good yeah. to follow. <laughs> yeah. Tim, any, uh, anything else for Alex before we ask our, our last question here? Uh, I think I'm good on my end. You're good. Alex, anything else you want to add before our last kind of, we always have like the same kind of wrap up question for everyone, but anything else you want to add uh, for listeners, uh, tips, advice, anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one, I love entrepreneurship, if you can't tell. So if someone has that entrepreneurial itch, 
uh, scratch it, you know, it, scratch it. Cause you're always gonna be wondering what if, um, think about what's the worst that can happen if you do scratch that itch, it's probably not gonna be that bad. And it'll probably be all worth it in the long run if you do. Um, at the end of the day, if you don't want to pursue passion or whatever, and you just want a different path, that's completely fine. Like I'm, I'm different. No one has to go on the path that I did. Um, we're all different. Um, but yeah, scratch that itch. And then number two, just stay curious. I think staying curious is a really cool thing. Um, I heard somewhere like the best students are the ones who don't really believe their teachers all the way. And, uh, <laughs> I like that. Cause like, when I hear something, I'm like, okay, I like to, I like to trust. I like to trust that they're telling me the truth, but I'm going to verify that. And so yeah, stay curious what you hear. And then, uh, yeah, when, when the masses are doing something, when everyone's doing something, question that as well. Cause usually when the masses are doing something, um, that's not what you want to be doing. Mm. So Good kind of that principle when, you know, everyone zigs, I like to zag. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, for sure. I like that. Um, so Alex, when, when you're gone, um, when Alex is passed on, how do you want to be remembered? Like when people think of Alex Martinez, how are they going to think of you? Yeah, it's a deep one. Yeah. <laughs> um, someone who lit a spark in other people's minds, mm. uh, whether that's a creative spark, spark, you know, lying a fire under someone and do what they really wanted to do in life, um, a spark to get someone outside of their comfort zone, um, and just encourage people to live you know, the life they want to live. I think that's the message right now I'd be happy with. I think I can work on that. But hey, if I can create a spark in someone's mind, a good spark, then um, sometimes that's all they need to to get what they really want or to go after what they really want. So that'd make me happy. Dig that. Great. I dig that a lot. Like that spark. Hell I love yeah. it. You lit it in us. You yeah. lit it for the listeners too. Yeah. yeah. That's the goal. Alex, hey man, we really appreciate you taking some time. We know you got a lot going on. You're a busy dude, but we appreciate you sitting, hanging with us tonight. So uh, uh, yeah, thank you, man. It's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed it. I know Tim's enjoyed it and just kind of chopping it. So people are getting a lot of benefits. So thank you, man. Yeah. Yeah, of course, guys. Thanks for having me, man. Um, it was fun. Really cool conversation. Like what you guys are doing here. Keep it up. Um, it's one of the best podcasts I've been on. Oh, we appreciate man we're we're trying to grow a little more we're young but we're we're trying our best so we really do appreciate it, man yeah. it means a lot yeah so hey this is alex anyone listening subscribe subscribe to this yeah, yeah where can people stuff. find you oh yep yep where can people oh, find you at cool cool yeah um you guys can find me at realestateskills.com just exactly how it's spelled real estate skills um and then shoot me a follow or hit me up on instagram if you'd like uh, my personal name is Alex Martinez ATM, Alex Martinez ATM, and then uh, Real Estate Skills on Instagram too. Go ahead, choose follow if you want to check it out, check out the articles, learn about real estate, uh, build wealth. Put Great. the book down, pick up a new blog, realestateskills.com. What, what? Let's go. <laughs> uh, all right, man, we appreciate you. Enjoy the rest of your day, dude. All right, thank you guys. Yep, thank See you. you.